1: Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Zuby, of course, host of the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. And I wanted to drop a quick message here with a very quick and simple but important request. And this is that if you are someone who has been listening to this podcast for a long time, I would strongly encourage you to please support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Zuby music. I'm looking to expand the podcast this year. I'm also going to be working on a lot of new music this year, releasing new singles and a brand new album. And if you're someone who enjoys and appreciates my work as an independent artist, I would massively appreciate if you could support me financially on Patreon. Now, by doing so, you're going to also get access to the Team Zuby community as well as other perks. We have a private chat group on Discord, so if you want to stay away from Twitter and all the wildness and craziness of social media and just be talking to like-minded people, including myself, then you can join that. You can become a supporter from as little as $2 a month, and you can join the Discord for just $5 plus a month. Please check it out. That's patreon.com forward slash Zubymusic, Z U B Y music. Would love to have you on board, and it'll really help me to grow. Thank you. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm desperate for fame. fame Two for the fam. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to another episode of the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. Now, on today's episode, we've got on a very interesting lady. A whole lot of... She's had a a crazy past year. We're going to get into all of that. But uh, I would like to welcome Maya Forstater to the show. How are you doing?
2: Um, I'm reasonably okay. I'm not too stressed.
1: Reasonably okay. Okay, that's... uh... In the
2: the circumstances for this week,
1: I understand. I understand. Well, what have you got that's coming up this week? We'll get into this, but what have you got that you're feeling some trepidation around?
2: So, um, uh, next week is the employment employment appeal tribunal uh, for my case. People might remember me if they've heard of me at all, uh, because J.K. Rowling tweeted about me in December 2019, where she said. force women out of, out of their jobs for saying that sex is real and I stand with Maya. That was when I lost my employment tribunal case and 18 months later, it's coming up for a, appeal.
1: Okay. Um, so there's a there's a whole lot to get into there. Yeah. But before we dig into that, why don't you just introduce yourself to people who don't know of you and give a little bit about your background and who you are and what you do?
2: Um, I'm... A researcher, I worked for an international development think tank, I worked on, um, I worked on international tax, uh, and before that on business and sustainable development, uh, supply chain, labour standards, all kinds of things about um, markets and sustainable development. Um, so I'm not, as some people think, an accountant, never have been an accountant. That's the one, uh, that's the one thing that people get wrong. Um, and uh, I'm born in, born in London uh grew up in london lived uh i've lived in kenya i've lived in uh oklahoma uh and in 2018 i was working for an international development think tank uh in london um called the center for global development and that's where uh kind of trouble started which was when i was started tweeting about sex and gender mm-hmm. um which led to me losing my job
1: wow okay so i know what happened here but for people who are not familiar from your own perspective of course as the person who's been directly involved with it what's the what's the story that led up to that what what actually happened
2: so in um 2017 2018 um the uk government was consulting on whether to reform the gender recognition act uh, which is the law in the UK that allows people to change their legal sex. Uh, and it was originally developed as a law that would allow a very small number of people with a diagnosis of gender dysphoria to change their legal sex with the assumption that that would mean somebody who's um, decided after a long period of time that they, you know, the only way that they can live happily and live a good life is to go through um, a surgical transition and that in order for society to accommodate those very small number of people, it would allow them to change their legal sex. Um, This was brought in 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 2004. In 2017, the government was saying, we should allow people to change their legal sex by an act of uh, self-declaration, self-identity, and women were starting to say, hold on a second, what does that mean? And we were told it's just it's just admin. Nothing's really going to change. But the numbers of people who would who would be covered by that legislation would have gone up by estimated 100 times and questions about what that would mean for women's sports, women's refuges, um, women's prisons and generally the ability to talk about material reality were, you know, you're not allowed to talk about that. Um, and so as a researcher, somebody working in a think tank, I thought I should be able to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, after having sort of read and followed the debate for about a year, I decided to, that I should use my voice um, because I could see that there were women, mainly women, who were speaking about this and who were getting attacked um, you know, vilified, physically attacked, uh, and and people who were scared to speak out. And I thought, well, I work at think tank, I work at a place that is a is a institu- institution of ideas, of disagreement. Um, so I didn't think that I was in a vulnerable position. I thought that was my job is to is to bring evidence and argument to important public debates. And so I tweeted about it uh, and before too long, um, there were sort of alarm bells ringing at the headquarters of the organization that I was working for in Washington, D.C. Uh, And uh, yeah, sort of the long and the short of it was that I lost my job for tweeting about a government consultation. What is it that you tweeted? Um, So... Initially, I tweeted, um, it took me, I mean, it took me ages to write the very first tweet, because I knew that this was a difficult topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. And the first tweets that I wrote were the most boring tweets that I've ever written. It was sort of, this is a government consultation, read read this paper, and, you know, have your say or something. It was like, it was, you know, trying to be as... Um, careful and neutral as possible, you know, really just saying people should make up their own mind about this and think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that got no response. And so then I was I tweeted a bit about things that were going on in the news. So I tweeted about um, Karen White, who is a was is a male prisoner who identifies as a woman who was placed in in a women's prison um and who went on to sexually assault female prisoners and you know that was in the news and i thought that was um you know uh, a scandal and you know a scandal that that happened and a scandal Mm -hmm. that the policy allowed it so i tweeted that nothing um and after you know kind of a few tries of getting people to to engage with this issue i thought i'd ask a direct question so my followers on twitter at the time i had about two thousand followers and they were mainly international development um wonks you know researchers mm-hmm. and a lot of them have made this pledge not to be on a mantle so if a uh if a guy is asked to speak at a conference and it's an all-male panel he will say to the conference organizer nicely beforehand um could you find a woman and I'd mm-hmm. be happy to step down or you could make the panel bigger. You know, it's a way of getting conference organizers to think, hold on a second, you know, why don't we have any women here? Mm-hmm. Um, And so I asked, uh, at the time there was a story in the newspaper about um, a man called Philip Bunce who worked for Credit Suisse, the um the bank, big international bank, um, and has an alter ego called Pips Bunce so he comes yeah friends, so he's a he's a husband and father um enjoys wearing dresses and wigs and makeup and comes to work on a friday uh in his alter ego um and had been given an award for a woman in business <laughs> yeah exactly that, that, that's yeah that's one response anyway <laughs>
1: you know you you are talking to the british women's deadlift record holder here so yeah I can exactly totally he
2: did he he did he did one of those um <laughs> but they took you know they take it absolutely seriously and he's yeah. he's been fated and given awards and um and so I asked my followers if they were asked to be on a on a panel and it was with two other guys and pips Bunts, would they say you need to get a you need to get a woman mm-hmm. um and i was I was really surprised so I did get responses because it was a direct question it was about something that people would have to it was about a personal decision people would have to make you know they didn't they couldn't just say oh well that's prison policy or that's sport that's somebody else's job they had to think about it and and they did think about it and so then there was sort of about 200 tweets over a weekend of people saying um, well if he feels like he's a woman part of the week, then who are you to say he isn't?
1: Isn't that misgendering uh, they're doing right there?
2: Well, probably. I mean, I may be be misquoting them. (laughs)
1: Okay.
2: (laughs) But, uh, you know, who are you to say that this person isn't a woman if they say that they're a woman on a Friday? Uh, And, you know, I I was quite surprised and shocked at that. And then (laughs) a few days later, I got an email from uh, HR saying, um, please don't – or we – ask our staff and associates not to use exclusionary language please put a disclaimer on your tweets as in all views my own which okay, i yeah, did yeah. which i said i would and yeah. i did um but i also said i would you know this is an important policy discussion i will continue talking about it i understand that some people will think it's offensive to say that a man is not a woman but it's true um definitions are exclusionary and So I and 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 I worked at a place that I thought it was a place for robust discussion, Mm -hmm. uh, but apparently not on this on this one topic. And so then,
1: just to jump in there, did they mm -hmm. specifically were they specific about what they claimed was the so called exclusionary language, or was it just a vague statement?
2: It was a vague statement, and they never said which tweets. Um, It took about six months for me to lose my job. It was a slightly messy process okay. um but oh and so over that time they, they did an investigation and they looked at i i continued to tweet on the topic and so they looked at the whole of my tweets but they never said which ones were offensive and and mm-hmm. basically i think it was you know just the fact that i was saying i don't agree that trans women are women mm-hmm. um i think that you know people can live their life. I mean, as, as JK Rowling said about me, you know, wear what you like, call yourself what you like, you know, live your best life. But yeah. um, we need to be able to talk about the two sexes where that matters.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And so so what happened next? So you received this sort of warning letter telling you that you need to put a disclaimer in your bio and you do that. And then what happens next?
2: Um. So then... Uh, That was October 2018, Um, and so I continued to, I mean, I tweeted about other things, but I continued to tweet about this topic, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was in the process of um, uh, developing a project with them, so we were applying for a grant, Uh, it had my name on the grant, it had my ideas in the project, and the idea was when we got the money, I would then get a sort of full-time contract so the which is why it sort of was was slightly messy so over that time over the next six months um gradually that uh offer of a contract was removed and then the offer of um staying on as a as a consultant or as a visiting fellow was also removed so it was a sort of it was a gradual process and they investigated my tweets um they you know they just uh considered whether I could stay on in the organization and in the end decided decided no. So that was March 2019. I uh, lost my job by email and so I tweeted about that um, and I tweeted an article that I'd been writing about uh, sex and gender in international development organizations because you yeah, know there are lots of different organizations that have to think about sex and gender but you know this the field i was working in was international development Mm -hmm. where organizations are thinking about you know maternal mortality and um you know early marriage or you know what what are the things that make women's lives and men's lives different um and to, to deny that sex is real um i thought was was crazy so so i published the article i tweeted And what I didn't know was that there were uh, sort of feminist lawyers waiting for a test case. And I turned out to be a good test case. So um, we went to Employment Tribunal and um, it it was like all of the bad Twitter arguments about this topic (laughs) played out in court. (laughs) I I mean, clownfish and, you know, the, the whole the whole thing. Bring in intersex conditions, um, sort of saying, how can you possibly tell what sex someone is if you weren't there when they were assigned their sex at birth? It was, it, was, it you wow. know, it, was, in a it court. was amazing. In a in court. A court. Wow. In a court. Um, you know, so obviously I thought we had the good arguments, um, mm. but the judge thought different. Yeah. Um, so, uh
1: and what was the what was the court case? Was it about an unfair dismissal? Mm. Is that correct? So,
2: okay. No, so it's a oh, no. discrimination case. And the, what it is, is that in the Equality Act, there are nine protected characteristics. So things that you can't be discriminated against for sex, race, disability, age, and so on. And there's a protected characteristic called belief, religion or belief. So you okay. shouldn't be discriminated against for being a Muslim, you shouldn't be discriminated against for being Christian. You shouldn't also be discriminated against for being an atheist mm-hmm. or an ex Muslim or, mm-hmm. you know, in any way in relation to religion, but also belief, meaning philosophical beliefs. Okay. And so they have a set of criteria for what counts as a philosophical belief. And in some ways, you know, it's, it, it seems crazy to say believing that your mother is female. And your father is male is a is a belief um but this is the way it the way it sort of fits um and mm. it's a belief because it does affect your life to you know to believe that sex is real, and it doesn't have to be a belief that is purely um you know the fact Religious that it's based on yes, exactly the fact that it's true doesn't stop it being a belief, but we mm. had to prove that this was a belief that was coherent, serious. Um, important to me in my life and and this fifth criteria which is that it is worthy of respect in a democratic society (laughs) and it doesn't undermine other people's human rights and basically that's the idea that you know your beliefs are protected but if your belief is um you know Nazism. Uh, that upsets,
1: upsets, upsets a couple of people on Twitter. Well, oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, no,
2: yeah. it's supposed to be a very low bar to pass. Gotcha, so it's supposed gotcha. to be if you know, if you're a Nazi, okay. if you are a Holocaust denier, um, if you want to overthrow the government by violent um, revolution. Those mm. are the kind of beliefs that aren't protected in the workplace. But anything okay. else should be protected. So, the kinds of beliefs that protected are like ethical veganism. And mm-hmm. um, Scottish nationalism, anything that people feel strongly about and is coherent, it doesn't mean that other people have to have the belief or even respect it, yeah. you know, you just have the belief. So this was what we had to prove was that the belief uh, met these criteria. And
1: so I'm, I'm struggling to believe we're even having it. let alone, I'm like, I feel like I'm living in a South Park episode or something. I'm just kind of like...
2: Welcome Wait, to my uh, life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just like, what even how I'm like, how's this even a a conversation? We're talking about a belief that like ninety nine percent plus of the world holds and is a fact. Yeah. Um yeah, but but carry on. It's it's just blowing yeah. my mind. And
2: and so and so the reason why we had to do it was because, you know, it's not just me that lost my job over this. There are hundreds probably thousands of of mainly women but you know also men Mm. um, who are facing disciplinary processes at work or uh, you know being forced to apologize um, you know people being forced to put pronouns into their email uh, bios and to you know go on trainings and to declare that they believe this new religion That gender identity replaces sex Mm -hmm. um and so you know it's not just me uh that has to prove this crazy thing that this belief is is worthy of respect um it's worth doing because it um protects a whole lot of people Mm -hmm. um so yeah so that was so that so that was what the hearing was about and then if I succeed in showing that that belief is worthy of respect and meets all these characteristics then i still have to go back and show that i was discriminated against in work and you know how i lost my job and all of that kind of thing that hasn't that hasn't been um shown in court yet the only thing that's been questioned is is this belief worthy of respect is it protected by the equality act and and it gets into freedom of speech and freedom of belief.
1: Okay. And if I'm correct, the the judge decided that these views are he made a statement saying that um such views are not worthy of respect in a democratic society. So I, I've seen that I've seen that sentence, I've seen that quote. Um but was there any more context to that?
2: Um so he said that my belief is absolutist. And he said that, um, although I could talk about, I could campaign against gender self ID, I could campaign for uh, single sex sports and single sex services, I couldn't do it with the ordinary language of talking about men and women, and male and female. So he said, you can, you can campaign, but you have to say women who are assigned male at birth and women who are assigned female at birth. This is, this is what he said. So he, so he said, he
1: told you the language that you have yeah, to use.
2: I mean, in the judgment, this is, this is wow. written down. So, so he said, I'm not taking away your freedom of speech because you can still campaign about these issues, but you have to do it with this tortured language. And, you know, and these are, these are everyday issues and they, and, In practice, they affect children, you know, they affect elderly women, they affect, I mean, men and women, but, you know, people who speak English as the second language. You know, I mean, everyone needs to understand when they go into a space where they're going to take the clothes off is it single sex or mixed sex? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, everyone needs to know where they're going or a hospital ward or who's going to examine me. It's a, you know, basic consent. Yes. And, People need to be able to talk about that with words, with ordinary words, not with, um, you know, not with women assigned male at birth. Um, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the problem isn't just that you think, I think it's that you know. And I think that the most concerning thing about this, I mean, it's weird because on one side, obviously not you or not you being dismissed from your job, but these type of conversations in a way. They're hilarious because I'm just like, what on earth is this r- insane clown world yeah. that we've fallen into in the past few years where these type of conversations are even conversations and people are just believing and saying the most ludicrous things? I mean, just yesterday, I saw a woman tweeting about men having miscarriages, right? And I'm just like, you know, it's, it's, some men have miscarriages. And it's just like, on, on one hand, it's hilarious. Like, it makes me laugh because I'm just like, oh my gosh. But then, on another hand, it's it's terrifying right on multiple aspects right of course the encroachment on freedom of speech and the concept of a view being held by 99 percent of people in the world i'd, I'd literally estimate that 99 percent of people in the world globally hold that perspective which is just a fact and you know we all exist and we all know how we got here so it's uh as, as far as things which are just like factual and undeniable it's it's, it's up there, right? It's yeah. up there with two plus two equals four, which now people are also debating. And the biggest concern for me, besides the governmental overreach and the infringement on the, the right to speak, is the assault on reality. That's the thing that freaks me out about this whole thing is if you can get and for, not just get some people to believe certain delusions and falsities, but you can punish people for not doing so, and you can try to, like, force people, like, that is what freaks me out, because it's just like, oh my gosh, like, uh, there's something I say, which is that you, you should never be, you shouldn't be punished for telling the truth, right, so stating a fact, stating a truth, stating a fact, stating a truth, stating a statistic, whatever it is, you know, living in a society where that is punished, and you are incentivized to lie, is incredibly dangerous incredibly dangerous and there's a historical precedent on
2: that absolutely and i think you know you get something important there which is you know 99 of people probably more believe this so a large proportion of people who say who are willing to say trans women are women also don't believe in it it's not you know it's not a a believers and non-believers it's the people who are willing to go along with it and the people who aren't Mm -hmm. and i think you know it breaks societies and it breaks institutions. Like you say, if, if the people at the top are lying about this, what else will they lie about um, to, you know, to keep their jobs and their pensions? Mm. And, you know, if, if, um, if you can't, yeah, if you can't talk about material reality and you can't collect statistics and you can't um, call it out when, your organization is, is talking bullshit, then, you know, the whole structure by which you're trying to um, run organizations with integrity, you know, public sector organizations, universities, charities, businesses, big, you know, big organizations that run on rules, if people are incentivized to lie.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's it's so, it's very, it's very troubling. And what's really weird is how rapidly um, certain countries. It seems it seems especially. I don't even want to just say the West, but it seems like Sphere countries in particular seem to have particularly fallen victim to this weird new um, neo-secular religion or ideology. This whole concept of gender theory. I know it goes along with some of the critical race theory and you know intersectionality. there's, there's a whole bunch of sort of beliefs that tend to get lumped together what what people kind of call woke right they tend to come as this whole package certain views on gender certain views on race all of this stuff which is very conflicting hypocritical very anti-science I know you know and then those people would like to use the term anti-science but just a lot of nonsensical beliefs it's um you know very 1984-esque Orwellian newspeak I mean what that judge what you said he was saying that you're meant to say like a woman who was identified yeah. I mean that's literally like something out of nineteen eighty four. Yeah, that, that is well, so Orwellian.
2: Yeah, I mean nineteen eighty four. You know, it's not supposed to be a, a user's handbook. <laughs> it's yeah, it's supposed to be a warning, and it's that you know there are so many things from from nineteen eighty four that I think are you know playing out in in organisations.
1: Mm. How do you think we got here?
2: Um, I think I think we got here because. Our institutions were vulnerable. I think, you know, we have this set of enlightenment institutions, the civil service, universities, um, the mainstream media that have a business model, you know, you need to have a business model to keep the lights on, and they have a mythology, and you need to have a mythology to motivate people and to tell people what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And None of neither of those are perfect the you know the mythology is never exactly true. um you know the mythology that professors are all working for um you know the greater good of knowledge rather than for their career or for um you know their sex appeal or all of the sort of baser things that also motivate people um you know isn't part of the mythology of institutions, so the mythology of an institution is, you know, we know it's not exactly true, but it works to, you know, it works to a certain extent and it motivates the things that we get out of institutions that are good, that they, you know, that they advance knowledge, that they advance wealth, um, that they um, set rules and stick to them. And they do that because they've got a business model that works, that they can attract resources. And then you have the people in those organisations who are fighting over those resources and I think you know on one hand you have all of the business models of our big enlightenment institutions are being hollowed out by the internet Um, and on the other hand you have uh, ideologies that are um, that have sort of taken some of the bits of the mythology and run with it to um, you know, to the nth degree. So the idea of equality, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, has, you know, was then taken to the point of, well, in order to have equality between men and women, you have to say there are no such thing as men and women or that sex is sex is not real. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, you have these kind of runaway mythologies and then you have organisation, you know, then you have the business models that are not working and then you have the people in those organisations who remain, you know, highly evolved apes (laughs) (laughs) living on a rock trying to you know um cop off with each other and look after their own look after their children um you know get resources get status all the things that human beings have always done Mm. and telling a mythology that doesn't work and i think it's those three things that have kind of run away from us
1: yeah i I wonder if it's um it seems like a how would I, what would be the best way to put it? It seems like a, um, almost like a weakness, a weakness of liberalism in a way.
2: Yeah. Like, right? I've... Like
1: like liberal. I think, you know, living in a country like the U- UK, USA, Canada, etc. These are societies which we sort of call liberal, not in the hard political sense, but in the in the, in the true sense, right? Liberal isn't, you know, free, people can have different ideas, you're supposed to have freedom of speech, and you know, people can believe or not believe what they want, etc. You've got all kinds of different people together in one place, and so on and so forth. Um, but this ideology, and all, all of the sort of woke package, it seems like um, a, a, a society that's too, may perhaps too liberal, in a sense, is then very much open to assault and takeover. From something which is less liberal and less tolerant and yeah. more, more dogmatic, right? Because with so many of these things, the truth is, with a lot of these ideas in a country that's more, I'm saying this is someone who's, you know, got Nigerian background and who grew up in Saudi Arabia, right? Like, in a country that's more conservative, like they, they they won't even entertain some of these ideas, right? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Right. It, it's not going to be like, oh yeah, like let's let's have a whole conversation. Oh, tell me about this. Let's have a whole conversation. It's it's just like get out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, what are you talking about? Men are men, women are women. But I think here it's kind of like, oh, okay, let's let's discuss all of this, and then it goes from a discussion to, oh, actually, maybe this is, you know, these got this postmodern thinkers, and it's like, oh, actually, maybe uh, you know, the male and the, maybe these are social constructs, and then you detach. I mean, when I was growing up, sex and gender always meant the same thing, right? And now it's like, oh, no, you're talking, you know, the fact people, it was interesting, you know, you were saying even sex and gender. And it's like, wow, my whole life, sex and gender are always the same yeah. thing. And now people are detaching them, de- decoupling yeah. them. And once you do that, you can then play all these weird games where you're saying that man and man and male are now separate and woman and female are now separate. And then they're fluid. And but also you can be born in the wrong body which also doesn't make sense because if sex isn't real how can people bo- none of none of it makes sense no. it's like this double think triple think thing that's going on
2: yeah i mean i think you know you ask how we got here and i mean that was a sort of big picture answer but i think mm. you know a sort of small picture answer is using gen you know gender was used because people didn't want to say sex because mm. sex you know is rude um so <laughs> <laughs> so you know so people said gender because it sounded clever and it sounded polite but nobody knew you know it was just a synonym for sex and then social scientists said well gender is the social construct gender is you know everything else that's associated with being male and female and then those two things can be separate um so i try i i don't think gender is a useful i think it's too dangerous a word at this point because um it's a kind of bait and switch you 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 try and tie it down to mean something and someone else will mean it will take it to mean something else. Mm. So sorry, I'm I, getting the, the mic thing again. Oh sorry. Sorry. So so I just think we should talk about sex because that's mm. clear. Um and then you know gender if, if somebody wants to declare a gender, if they want to declare um you know a religion if they want to declare a football team there are all kinds of things that are important to people's identity but mm-hmm. they're not the same as their sex and yeah. their sex can't change it's um so yeah so i so i, <laughs> I know i know i'm right? joking i like to me it's, it's
1: literally like the least contra- controversial statement in the world but we're just living in well, such a you know. Time.
2: In, in, i mean you look at sort of all sorts of government policies and government systems and you see you know, this word gender is put in instead of sex. Mm-hmm. And then at the time it's put in, nobody thinks that it means anything different from sex. Yeah. But then, you know, a couple of years down the line, they're saying, oh, yeah, that's that's different. You can be non-binary or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody with a male body can um, examine a woman who's been raped and who's, you know, having a forensic examination. So suddenly the word gender has become, as you say, disassociated from from reality so yeah yeah, i don't i don't think it's a useful word at this point
1: no i i think the whole thing is very very insidious i mean there are a lot of people who i think most people have this view of oh this has good intentions i don't buy that i don't i don't buy it at all From, from early i've thought this thing is very it's very insidious and i think there are perhaps some you know useful idiots who parrot and promote certain things who who they themselves have good intentions, but I think from the the sort of top level, I mean, because you're talking about governmental policies, it's like what and and the the speed at which it's all happening and the sort of timing and the fact that it's not just in the UK, it's in Canada, it's in the USA, it's in all these English speaking Western countries all at the same time. And I I don't give much sort of positive credit in the notion of, oh, this is really genuinely about making people comfortable or, or happier or, or, or whatever. Right? I I don't, I just don't buy that. Like I don't buy it. And I've seen so much evidence mm. counter to that. There's so much evidence counter to that. Right. I mean, someone like yourself going through what you're going through and other, as you've said, it's, it's interesting because this is just like, you know, women are being thrown under the bus. Let's keep it real. Right. Women are being half the population, yeah. whether you're talking about sports Or you're talking about, um, you know, a lot of these things, the truth is, you know, the effect, it's a very disproportionate effect, very disproportionate effect, right? And it's weird to me, because I'm like, I often say this is the real patriarchy, right? So, you know, you'll have feminists talking about the patriarchy, patriarchy, and all someone like myself will be like, what are you talking about? Like living in the the UK, USA, there's no patriarchy, whatever. But then like this particular issue, I'm like, oh, no, this is patriarchy, like this is this is having men just be able to literally just by by just you can you can just say you're a woman or you're part of this movement or whatever and suddenly you've got complete license to be very misogynistic to call people horrible names to threaten people to be violent towards people to do all of these awful things which i think like if a man who's not wearing a dress or lipstick or whatever or you know were to do You'd be like, "Whoa, this guy's like super misogynistic, super sexist. You've got this whole turf label and you know, people making violent threats, like all of this awful stuff. you can' see women getting kicked off social media. Um, you know, I've had on my podcast, I've had um, uh, Posey Parker I've had on Megan Murphy, and it's very much, whoa, like women are getting like women are getting like screwed over here. Right. And and a lot of it also is coming from some of it also comes from other women, which the whole thing is just really bizarre to me. It's like it, it's something that should be such a fringe issue. And I think to most people, it still is, because I think most people don't get I don't think most people understand the implications of all this.
2: Right? Yeah, I think, some, I think, you know, I think that's right. If, you know, if you're not on social media, I think, you know, you probably don't see it until um you know until you're in a situation that you can't control yeah. like you know a hospital ward or your child's at school and what's your child getting taught um you know the those kinds of situations Um but yeah i think i i mean i think you're right for any sort of understanding of the world you need to be able to do pattern recognition you know mm-hmm. you need to be able to say what you see and you need to be able to you know as you say just because a guy is you know changes their pronouns or wears lipstick it doesn't change the underlying behavior if what they're doing is bullying women or attacking women and if you can't name that if you can't name male violence you know if you're reporting um rapists as being female in you know in government statistics you can't um you know you can't name what's happening and you know, I think that's I think that's true at every every level, from these mm. these kind of small interactions to the kind of big government systems. You have to be able to risk assess. You have to be able to say who is male and who is female. Yeah. Um, and and as you say, there's this question about is this good intentioned or not? I think there are there are a group of people who are good intentioned. Mm-hmm. There are a group of people who are scared.
1: I think that's a majority. I think people are just. I think.
2: I think that's. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. And then, I think there is a group of people who will exploit this because if you do anything that says there is a group of men who are above reproach, Mm -hmm. who don't need risk assessment, who don't need the who are outside of the normal safeguards, there will be people who will be attracted to that. To, to exploit it you know we've been here before we used to say this about priests we used to say this about scout leaders you know there were whole, there were groups of men who were seen as above reproach and we've been through so many cycles of learning lessons about these things and building safeguarding systems and then you know as soon as they're built people turn around and go oh you know now you change the words we, we can't see yeah. the risk anymore yeah. um and, you know, I think as soon as you do that, there will be people who exploit that and who are doing that with, with bad intentions. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, the majority are frightened.
1: And the um, majority are frightened. You know, I think, um, and I think, you know, you get that when you have private conversations with people as well. I think also what's interesting about this topic is, I think it breeds it breeds contempt and division across the board, right? When you're trying to, I mean, you know, I mean, there aren't tons of trans people in the world, but I know, and I'm connected to more trans people than the average person is. I think the average person's connected to zero. And with the size of my social media or whatever, you know, I've, you know, I've got do- dozens at this stage that I've chatted to and whatever. And I don't know a single one of them who, for example, with the whole like, um, you know, men, you know, trans women in sport thing, or men identifying to As women to compete in sports I don't know maybe I guess I probably know the ones who are more more rational ones yeah yeah. but but not a single one of them thinks that is reasonable or a good idea because they they under they 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 recognize they still recognize objective reality and they're like no that's silly that's not fair and I think it also breeds contempt for people who are trans or who genuinely have gender dysphoria or whatever, right? Because that's what, like, if most people don't know anyone who actually is in that situation, or, you know, identifies as a different gender or whatever, then they're just seeing the mad, they're just seeing the crazy stuff, right? This, this stuff, this is what they're, they're seeing and what they're hearing. And they're just like, Oh, my gosh, like, these people are just crazy. Like, what, what on earth is this? That's what that's what they think of. So I think it's just bad for I just think it's bad for everyone. It's like it's I think it's bad for the people who it's claiming that it's supposed to be helping because you're going to have the other 99.9% of the population who's like, "Wait, like what? No, this isn't cool." Um once they actually catch wind and maybe once it effect starts affecting them because people tend to not care about things until it affects them. Um you know, when what happened to you starts happening to oh, oh, that happened to you now, so now yeah. now you said it right, you know, when people's daughters start losing sports scholarships, so or they start getting injured because they're playing against boys in rugby right they're playing against a sixteen year old boy and getting battered and fit contact sports et cetera that's when people will really care and i don't know it's um it's it's all very very peculiar to me it's it's it doesn't it, it doesn't feel real sometimes it's uh you know yeah I don't know
2: <laughs> yeah i mean you know it has sort of preoccupied me, obviously, since since I lost my job, that was, um, you know, an injustice that was done to me. But also, you know, when I tell this story, like, I can hear it's mad. It, you
1: know, that, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like it, It's a bit like my deadlift tweet. If you told this story to most people in the world, if you travel to, like, parts of Asia, Africa, South America, and, and you just ex- told them the story, they'd just sort of be looking at you confused yeah like like it would they wouldn't even have the context right they'd just be like huh i don't don't get it,"
2: you know and and i think that means that you know big organizations that deal with um the public that they are writing these policies at a high level and they're not able to put them into practice because you can't um you know you can't educate grandmas who've known all their life that men are men and women are women to use Mm -hmm. different language or you know the world bank the un these international development organizations in their headquarters they're all adopting these crazy policies but on the ground they understand who's a man and who's a woman and so then you're you're getting this disjunction between what organizations say and what the staff do Mm -hmm. and then that you know that puts people in a difficult position um because they're you know that they're not able to um they have these policies they can't they can't use um and like you say you'll never get the average person on the street i think to say you know that somebody with a male body can be in a women's shower or women's changing room it's it's not right no Um,
1: it's so absurd and also i mean it's it, firstly this goes beyond humans right like every every species every sexually dimorphic species and sexually reproducing species you've got males and you've got females and they create babies by you know <laughs> as we know and so it's and then even if you're like talking to children even babies can see and recognize the difference between a man and a woman a boy and a girl you don't you don't even need to explain it to them it's just it's self it's so self-evident you walk down the street. You know, immediately, man, man, woman, man, man, woman, woman, like you don't even you don't think about it. Yes. Sure. If someone goes through a whole process or, you know, they dress a certain way, there might be someone who's like, "Ooh, OK, not sure there. But it's so strange how over 99 percent of people are supposed to just totally we're just supposed to disrupt the whole English language. Mm-hmm. Disrupt science, disrupt biology, just change everything. Everything we believe for the past several millennia um, to accommodate. I don't even. I mean, I don't even know what the percentage is like to to accommodate like a couple of strange people on on Twitter and people who have this ideology from universities or, or whatever it is. It's the most. It's the most bizarre thing to me. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like the time period we're living in now, people are either going to look back and be like, what were they doing there? That was kind of crazy. Like, what was up with that? Or they'll be like, that's when it started. All right. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know which one is going to be. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I think this issue is like, I mean, as you say, there are other issues there, the way people think about race that, you know, there's all kinds of other issues mm. that people are starting to think about in, in crazy ways. But this one is particularly crazy because of how um fundamental sex is right mm. worms do it plants do it <laughs> and and because um uh you know it's it's I mean it's like a canary in the coal mine kind of issue for how robust are our institutions mm. to sort of craziness and you know to, to cult-like behavior and to it's... capture by a small group of people who you know and I don't mean a small group of trans people I mean a small group of people who claim to be acting on on the behalf of trans people but who are um capturing capturing organizations and so I think sort of if we can solve this one it can also maybe be a template for how we think about other sort of irrational um group think that take over institutions mm-hmm. um and you know i can't i i, I do think in the future at some point in the future we'll look back and go yeah wasn't that crazy that time when we <laughs> thought this was controversial?" A moment because, of madness yeah. yeah because you know women are still going to have babies yeah. but, you know everybody has a mother um that's not going away and uh, you know so i do think this is this has got to be a moment of madness but at the same time it's so ingrained in all our institutions in in the west you know it's ingrained in the guidance that schools get it's ingrained in what judges are told to do so the reason for my judgment was because my because judges are trained to use this language Mm. um and so all of that needs to be unpicked who are are the people
1: in these institutions who are who are driving all this because it's so coordinated so there must be people with this ideology who want to ram it down on the population who are in very high seats of power.
2: I think quite often when you you look in institutions, there's kind of one or two people who have got into them um, mm-hmm. and who have driven the agenda. And then I think you have a lot of uh, confused civil servants or sort of confused middle managers who get the fear and who don't want to, um, you know, every—it's not like any of this is hard, right? It's—it's it's not rocket science. But <laughs> in order to—in order to, to talk rationally about it, you—you know—you face that um, those attacks, and so you, all of those people that sort of have the fear then say, "Well, let's get an external organisation in." You know, there's that thing of like nobody lost their job for hiring, you know, for buying IBM. Mm-hmm. So people go, well, nobody lost their job for getting in Stonewall. And then they get in Stonewall to advise them. And all of the so. Almost all government departments, NHS bodies, schools, universities are signed up to um, the Stonewall champion scheme. So they they pay Stonewall to set standard for them and to audit them against the standard and to give them like a badge, you know, you, you're a diversity champion at the end of the year. So these are, these are government departments saying, mm-hmm. we can't understand the law, give us a, you know, give us a different law, give us Stonewall law, we'll do what you say, we'll make ourselves accountable to this private organisation to tell us what to do. And they say they cover 25% of the UK workforce and that's wow. of and that of that 25 percent. that's government departments big companies mm-hmm. so it's not you know car mechanics and people selling fruit and veg it's the people who are making decisions that affect other people's lives mm-hmm. who are covered by that so I think that's that's a large part of how this has become so embedded I mean, yeah. and you know you have conversations with ordinary people and they all go this is crazy but you have conversations with people who have careers that depend on these pathways mm-hmm. and they go oh, it's too hot i can't talk about it or i'm busy or we can't talk about this on twitter yeah
1: Zuby just it's, became a little bit more libertarian
2: um, <laughs> well you know big organizations of all sorts are yeah. are uh, vulnerable to it's this true. i mean that companies, is true yeah because it's happening big it's companies. the private sector as well yeah
1: yeah it's a Um, it's a a weird one it's a very very weird one but you've started your own organization right sex matters. so tell us a little bit about that
2: so sex matters is a single issue campaign to re-establish clarity about sex in law policy and culture so it is um to unpick stonewall law to unpick uh this adoption of gender identity instead of sex across so our when institutions you, when you say
1: stonewall law I, I can't <laughs> it, 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 no I, I I can't I can't um I I can't help but it, it sounds like a parallel to like sharia law yeah well when I think stonewall that's law, yeah right? I like think a parallel that's, legal system that's
2: it's that's exactly what it is yeah. that's exactly what it is I think you know institutions that are, are have adopted stonewall law and they're holding their staff to it um instead of instead of letting them use the law Um, and so what we want to do is challenge that in parliament uh, in institutions help people speak up give people tools that they need in terms of saying no you know the law does still say that men are male and women are female and that you can talk about that and you have freedom of speech and freedom of belief Um, so it's not that we have to completely reinvent this stuff but we just have to get back to to some kind of sanity,
1: I got you. Where does most of the support come from, and where does most of the opposition come from?
2: Um. So most of the support for all of there's. So my case is one of um, about a dozen cases that are testing sort of gender critical ideas in court. So cases like Kira Bell which was about a young woman who detransitioned other employment cases. There's a woman who was um, thrown out from being a girl guide leader for saying that, you know, uh, males who identify as women are not women. Um, And so overall over the last two years, um, about a million pounds has been raised by the crowd funders for for these cases. Mm -hmm. And they came from... Largely from women, largely from anonymous women who are, they, you know, people can put 20 pounds or 30 pounds in a crowdfunder as a way of doing something without putting yourself at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has been like grassroots, um, as I say, kind of mainly women, a lot of feminists, but also a lot of people who are motivated by freedom of speech, freedom of yes. belief, or just material reality. Uh, child safeguarding um so that's this the sort of core of who supported this, but, as you say, this is something that ninety nine percent of people believe in, yeah. and um everyone has to deal with institutions, so we need our institutions to to get back to back to reality
1: hundred percent I think everybody just needs more backbone. I feel this on so many so 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 many issues it, it's not just this one thing but people just it's like I don't know if all the toughness got lost in world war Two or something like that but <laughs> like I don't know just uk usa canada australia new zealand these countries in particular it's just like people have just lost their lost their spines um yeah and it it it, it saddens me right it, it does it does upset me because I'm just like, look, we're not even talking about something here that's like, ooh, this is super, really sort of out there and edgy and controversial. I'm just like, yo, like this, this is such a a, a basic thing, right? It, you you shouldn't need to be some sort of hero. The bar for being a hero shouldn't be the willingness to talk about objective facts and yeah. reality, which which we all know. And another thing that's really interesting is when you have people who sort of believe in this whole gender theory and redefinition of it, whatever. Um, I mean, with just a few basic questions, they can't answer basic questions.
2: You know? No, and so what- that's why you have to be punished. You have to lose your job. Yeah, you have, it's, you know, it's because crazy
1: to me. It's just you know, it's okay. What is a man? And they give some weird circular answer. What is a woman? They, they can't define these terms. Or even if yeah. you just ask them, because I know all these people. I'm like, look, none of you believed this 15 years ago. Probably even 10 years ago, right? In 2011, you didn't believe that they were. And none of you believe
2: it when you're in bed. I mean, none of you believe it when it comes to,
0: you know, just reality.
2: Yeah. And, and sex. You know, there are some, there are some bottom lines where people go, yeah, okay, I understand what Mm. a man is and what a woman is.
1: Yeah. It's, it's so odd because I've asked that question people. I'm like, okay, you know, they're telling me all their theories. And I'm like, okay, when did you start believing that? And, they're like oh well you know this the science is the science has changed i'm like what science has changed like tell me you know like what what has changed you 10 years ago you believed that there were two genders male female and you, you can't actually sure people can get sex changes or do hormones or whatever but you know your your chromosomes etc you know a man's a man's a woman's a woman we get it um and then the whole thing with sports cuz you would think the sports one is such an ob- again it's so obvious it's so obvious when you're having people saying that there's no, there's no strength
2: differential.
1: Yeah, I'm just like, what, you know, you're lying. Like, you know that. Yeah.
2: But I think people are talking from their incentives. So Mm. I think, you know, the, the big thing in the UK and probably in most places is house prices and mortgages. You know, if you have a mortgage that you have to pay, then that's going to motivate you. And in the U S it's, um, health insurance you know if you're Mm. if you lose your employer and lose your health insurance you could be dead yeah Uh, so those things are those things are motivating and so for the people who are promoting this you know people in universities who in the gender studies departments or whatever whose salary depends on this they will believe it and the people whose salary depends on not challenging it will go along with it You know, I think kind of cognitive dissonance of people trying to reconcile what they need to do to, you know, to to make a living Mm. and their conception of themselves as a good and rational person is what then clouds all of this stuff. Which you know, if you just look at it with even a five-year-old's eyes, or you know, just (laughs) with your eyes open for, you know, for a few minutes, Mm. and have a rational discussion you know you can see that there's there's nothing there um but but because it's so embedded in organizations people go along with it and as you say a lot of people are cowards yeah
1: do you do you know what i honestly think is the would be the quickest solution to all this is everyone doing what i did (laughs) right every everyone like men women just everyone just start Just start identifying as whatever you want. Just just play the game. Yeah. Okay, those are the rules. Cool. Like let's Yeah.
2: I mean I thought if they brought in gender self ID, I would be a man because you know, you can be a man and have be pregnant. What what is it that it involves? Yeah. Um, I think
1: I think I think I think it's hard to I think it's impossible to use ration rationale and logic to get out of to get someone out of a position that they reached purely through emotion right? I think you have to, I think, you know, these people the people who are really into this, they don't get logic and ration. So it's no. like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take what you're saying at face value. And let's roll with it, right? Let's just roll with it, especially now that you're able to even identify as different races, right? They're now, you know, doing events. And you know, if you identify as black, or you identify as indigenous, <laughs> or what so I'm just like, okay, cool. I am a I'm a I'm a white woman right now, like, straight up, cool, yeah. I'm a white woman, I want you to refer to me as you know, just just play the game, right? Say, okay, these are my pronouns. Well, just, you know, yeah. No. In in
2: my in my tribunal, my my lawyer asked if if Maya identifies as as Chinese, is mm. she Chinese? And the HR head of HR said yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there we go. This, this <laughs> yeah, is what I mean. Right? Really. Change change your age, change it. Just I think if everyone just played this game yeah. and it was just, oh, you know what? Even with the women's sports thing, right? I think. Um, to fix that, I think loads of men need to just identify as women and just, 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 just blow the whole thing up. Yeah,
2: and not just in sports. You know, they need yeah. to do it in the women's book uh, prize. Yeah. They need to do it in politics. You know, yeah. but you know, you Donald sort of Tr- say Donald that Donald Trump
1: missed a big, big yeah. move there. I was but saying that would of, have been the best troll ever.
2: Yeah, although you <laughs> say that, and then it happens, and people just go, "Oh, okay, that's fine." You know, mm-hmm. so you have a male women's officer in the green party so it's an <laughs> elected you know the, the co-convener of the women's group in the in the green party
1: yeah
2: is male mm-hmm. and people nod along so every anything we, you we can need make more. up we need more. I'm sure your deadlift thing will you know somebody will do it in all seriousness and people yeah. go
1: yeah, it has to. That's why it has to be a mass movement. It can't. It can't yeah. just be one or two people because then they're like, okay. If, if anything, that solidifies it. If it's just a couple, people. yeah. But if it's just like, okay, loads of like men just need to just raid the women's locker room and just say, hey, you know, someone has a problem. Hey, we're all, we identify as women, you know. Just 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 show the absurdity of it. Just 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 play the game. Yeah. And but you then know, I
2: think the problem is organize <laughs> where you need to have single sex spaces because organizations realize they can't um put these rules into practice then they just go okay we'll get rid of them we won't have any single sex spaces because they can never decide which males have the right to be there Uh so then they go well it's just too difficult we won't do it at all and then it's women who who suffer yeah
1: it's a weird one it's a very very weird one but um i know you've got your appeal coming up so i wish you I wish you all the best with that.
2: Um, Thank you. Um, and- we'll be live tweeting it on Tuesday. and Well, I won't be because I'll be okay. sitting there. But I'll, on sexmatters.org on Twitter, we'll be live tweeting uh, everything from the tribunal.
1: Awesome. And where can people find you online,
2: Maya? Um, I'm on Twitter, m4statter, and sexmatters is sex-matters.org. Awesome. Not hyphen, Maya. little line, <laughs> whatever it's called.
1: Awesome, Maya. It's been great to have you on the show. Really, really good to talk and yeah we'll uh let's see where the world goes eh but yeah things will yeah. start to turn soon
2: get get some more world records
1: i am the man sick with the slang, sick and i'm destined for fame